Chapter 10 Payments and Certificates Welcome to the, this episode of our podcast arising out of the publication of the fourth edition of Wilmot Smith on Construction Contracts. I'm here with David Sortel to discuss Chapter 10, Payments and Certificates. David, um, this chapter fits essentially into two separate sections, statutory payment uh, and, and the rules about statutory payment on the one hand and certificates on, on the other. Uh, where did you see the meat of the work for the updating between the third edition and the fourth? Which of those two sections was it? I think it's for more general uh, guidance we have about certificates. Uh, what uh, we see uh, is a line of cases about certificates and about the role that the certifier has and whether or not good faith comes into it uh, and whether or not how, to the extent to which you can challenge the process through which the certifier goes through uh, coming together in the Supreme Court decision began to against BP shipping uh, in 2015. That was, was just, after, the, just after the third edition, wasn't it? Indeed, indeed. And uh, that was a, an employment case, but it was made clear uh, by the Supreme Court that what they wanted to do uh, was to try and rationalise uh, the scope of the law uh, where you have uh, a party uh, who has to make a decision that will affect the rights of both parties. And it was confirmed that you could imply a term where the process uh, would be lawful and rational in the public law sense. And already we started to see that in this edition uh, filter through uh, into construction cases, such as Ever Warm Limited against BN Rendering Limited in 2019, case was held there was an implied term a discretionary assessment on provision of a contract that would not be undertaken in an arbitrary capricious or irrational manner so i felt that was an incredibly important development uh, in how certification works in construction contracts and i think it's something particularly uh, in the larger uh, projects uh, or indeed in more complicated payment regimes in construction contracts, will start to filter through and create, create a new uh, level of challenge to the overall process of certification. And do you think it's, I mean, obviously there's this great historical debate about whether the amount that's due is the value of the works or the amount stated on the certificate, and we've all dealt with that, and indeed that overflows into the Grove dispute in relation to, to payment. Uh, payment provisions under the Act um, and an adjudication. But do you see the, the um, Braganza and Everwarm lines of authorities as, on the one hand, pulling certification back in and restricting it, 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 but on the other hand, giving it strength as a consequence of um, its um, being given the credibility of being required to be reasonable? Certainly, it's giving uh, an extra veneer of credibility to it. It's no longer the case that what goes on a certificate uh, can no longer be unthought, uh, can be completely irrational, and therefore what goes on a certificate has to be thought through. And I think the line, Paul, one might like to see developed is if a certificate has to be approached in a rational and, and not in an arbitrary way, is whether then the interim certificate stages uh, get more weight and get more value. 
and then disputes about uh, any payment notices arising out of that uh, become more inflected with an idea uh, that they are meaningful uh, rather than simply being numbers on a piece of paper which have automatic contractual results. Yeah, it's it's interesting because the, there's this great debate between process and substance or between form and substance. And over the, the sort of scales keep on tipping back and forth in, between the two the two outcomes. And you know, people used to think certificates were merely evidence of what was pay what was payable um, and, and not binding. And then the law moved on to regard the entitlement as to receive that which was set out in the certificate. And you're seeing this sort of generally converging towards the middle, aren't you? I think it's absolutely right. Um, certainly, we've moved a long way from the idea that a certificate could be treated as the equivalent of cash, uh, like you saw in one discredited uh, line of authority went to the Court of Appeal. But we are starting to see a, a movement towards the middle, probably because certification and cash flow is so universally acknowledged to be uh, fundamental and critical. Uh, to a construction project, but to any kind of project that relies on cash flow in order for it to keep moving forward. I, I like this chapter, talking about it, it generally, because it it those of us who do construction work, valuation and payment is what is at the nub of so much of what we do. And, of course, this, this chapter, on the one hand, deals with the right to payment under the uh, Housing Grants Act. It looks then at the contractual position, and it grapples with and explains the position about schedules of rates, bills of quantities, milestone payments, final um, final account, uh, and, and all of those topics. And it gets its hands dirty, in my view, in the valuation process. And that's one of the reasons I like it. Or is that me being over sort of construction law romantic, or is that a, a view that you would share? It's a view I share. It was a really interesting chapter to work on because we're going all the way from 19th century in cases such as Sumter and Hedges, all the way right up to whether or not it's appropriate still to have hybrid uh, payment regimes in power generation uh, and construction contracts, such as we saw in C. Spencer Limited against MW High Tech projects. So the scope of the chapter uh, within its pages is really quite broad uh, chronologically, but also in terms of importance. It's interesting with certificates how you see them, them, the, the courts, different courts approach them at different times and very much been influenced by things just offset, as it were. For example, um, the decision of the Court of Appeal in the Northern Regional Health Authority and Crouch case, where um, the, the courts were very clear that, or the Court of Appeal was very clear that to open up review revisor certificate you had to go to arbitration was part of the move then to arbitration uh, uh, whereas now of course the dispute resolution tableau is so very different on the one hand you have the tcc doing an absolutely brilliant job with lists that are manageable on the other hand you've got adjudication which attracts the industry support um, and therefore uh, being technical about certificates so as to decide that cases should be resolved outside the courts, which is ultimately what Crouch, Crouch was about, uh, does seem to me to be uh, quite a significant development. Anything on the horizon, do you think, for the next few years? Or, or do we just have to wait and see what cases pop up, as it were? I think in this area, it's about waiting and seeing uh, how, how the cases arise. 
One thing we might see is whether or not uh, Parliament intervenes to deal with the carve-outs from Housing Grants Construction and Regeneration Act uh, in terms of power generation contracts. We've already seen a move, uh, just in terms of public procurement, of the energy field uh, towards... Uh, uh, using waste and other forms of materials, such as uh, biomass, for power generation, and the extent to which it's appropriate to have a, a, a binary carve-out for power generation, and therefore we have one contract trying to deal with two different payment regimes and then trying to deal with adjudication at the same time. Uh, I, I think Parliament uh, might have to make a decision uh, on this. Uh, I say it might have to, or it might not. Watch your space. As you know, work on the fifth edition of Wilmot Smith on construction contracts is already underway. Let's hope the parliamentarians get their skates on so that if they do, we get it in the next edition. David, thank you very much indeed for all your work and help on the fourth edition and for coming to talk to me today. Uh, this is obviously an important and specialist area of construction law. It's one of the chapters in the book that I'm particularly pleased with because it seems to me that it's a proper building lawyer's read. Um, and as those people who are buying copies of this book for their summer holidays will know, that's a comparatively specialist cohort. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul.